Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. that's in the chat room got any special prayer request that you would like for us to pray for tonight. I'll give you a few seconds to um, type it in. Um, tomorrow, wait, tomorrow, July the 4th? Isn't tomorrow, Tuesday, July the 4th? Yes. And we're yes. all we're already through halfway of this year, and man, how time flies. We're headed into the fall of the year, dog days as we call them down here in in the south, where infections have a hard, sometimes have a hard time getting over infections and stuff like that. Snake bites are supposed to be hard to cure during this time of the year, and it's a fact, actually. I mean, I don't know why they call them dog days. Hydrophobia or rabies was supposed to be real heavy and hot during this time of the year. That may have something to do with calling them dog days, but there is something to it. There's something to this time of the year when things are more stagnant and hot and everything down south. So don't know what how it is where you Yankees are, but it's rough down here. Uh, over Like Brother Kevin was telling me earlier, 104 degrees uh, temperature, 104 degrees the heat index outside and humidity about 90-something degree, 90-something percent, so it's it's pretty miserable down here unless you just are flipped upside down and love hot weather. But anyway, anybody, did anybody ask for anything in the chat, guys? Uh, nope. Okay. No prayer. 
no prayer request, let me open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we've got to spend together around your word, Father. I pray you forgive us for any unforgiven yes. sin in our life, Lord. Yes, Cleanse us with your precious blood, Father. May the Holy Spirit come down and teach tonight, Lord God. Um, anoint my lips that I might say the things that you'd have me to say. And, Father, yes. may your word go out and it will not return void as you promised, Lord. We'll give you all the praise and honor for everything that you do, Father. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 13. Brother Chad, uh, where we left off at? Uh, let me see here. Matthew 13 and... Tears. We stopped at 51. Yeah. Verse 51. Okay. You can pick up there then, brother, at your convenience. Go ahead. Here, here we go. This is right near the end. So, yes, Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed said. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man the, pardon me, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren, James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? Okay. So much for the thing that Judas didn't have any brothers or sisters. This plainly tells you that he did have half-brothers, and it names them right here. Judas, yeah. the, the Judas you see here is the one that wrote the book of Jude. And um, there's only two of the Lord's brothers that were converted, as far as the scriptures indicate. That was after his resurrection. They didn't believe, they didn't start following him until after the resurrection. Verse 56, brother. Uh, I always get a kick out of verse 51 when Jesus said, saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, that's probably what the Lord said, too. Yeah, uh-huh, you understood him all right, yeah. That's a good tell point. Me another, tell me another lie. <laughs> Verse 56. <laughs> and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet. And you, and you, sorry, you, say, and you run yeah. into this all the time, folks. There's always going to be a plethora of people out there that will shun anybody that's got some knowledge. Not Now, if they're prideful in trying to stick this stuff, knowledge and facts and the Bible and certain things, if they're prideful in, in doing what they do, I can understand somebody that would they'd be offended in that pride. But when somebody's trying to teach something that somebody else doesn't understand, then the, the, the right thing to do is to be of a humble heart and listen, take the facts, Search out the facts 
and find out if these things be so. That's the biblical way and the right thing to do. But to get offended over somebody just because they have more knowledge than you or know something that you don't know or have studied something and are in the position to where they can expound on something that you have no idea about or don't believe or whatever, that's just, um, that shows pride on the reverse. It's like, oh, you think you know something, you're right and everybody else is wrong. That's their attitude, and that's the kind of people that get offended. And it, it, they shouldn't be offended. They should be going and searching the facts instead of letting human nature take over and that pride popping up in them. But anyway, go ahead, brother. And they were offended in him, but Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And that is so true, folks. I can just go, I can give you exam in my in my own life. Over, I can give you example after example after example after example. And your community, if you stick out like a sore thumb, people that know you will, in other words, it's like this. Somebody that's around you all the time, know your faults, know your sins, know your your shortcomings. To try to teach them, it has to be, they have to be in real good spiritual condition to be able to overlook the faults. And listen to the truth. Amen. And that's and no matter what. It, Jesus couldn't even talk in his family. Hey, we're talking about the essence of God manifest in the flesh. With all his power, all his perfectness, he couldn't even convert people in his own family while he was while it, before he died. Now, what makes a lot of people out there think they can do any better? And I fell into that category. I thought I could tell why they believe me. No, no, no. And it's simply the fact that they know you too well. They and they, whenever the truth comes out, they can't see you for your faults. I thank God the Lord's not that way. Doctor Rutman used to teach us the best thing to do is get as far away as far away from your hometown as you can get if you're ever going to start a ministry or do anything for the Lord because people in your hometown know all about you and over there oh yeah uh-huh, I remember when he was a kid he did blah 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 he did this he did that and you won't have any effect the thing to do is to get out away from that bunch and get to people that just hear what you're saying instead of remembering your whole life. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Oh, we were talking about this today, I think, uh, Pastor Don, that I've been going through the same thing. No, absolutely. I I listen to it, and I just grin, Chad, uh, because you're you're beating your head against the wall, brother, okay? (laughs) I've got got the bruise on my forehead to prove it. (laughs) You're just beating your head against the wall. And, I mean, this goes even down into your own children and wife and everything, folks. I mean, that, think about it. Book's not wrong. Book's spot on. Now, there's exceptions to the rule. There's always exceptions. But the exception never overthrows the rule. It proves the rule. Continue, brother. Okay. Last verse of Matthew 13. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Man, leaving the Lord said, what's the use? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what he said. What's the use? Next chapter, chapter 14. 
Brother Dave? Okay, go ahead. Uh, you want me to read? I just said Brother Dave. Just okay, wasn't sure uh, if I heard right. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do shew forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. Bad mistake. Bad mistake. The old Herod doesn't fail prey to the belly dancer. And um, that little young woman, oh, man, I want to please her. I, I'll give her anything she wants. Bad mistake. Usually the way it works with that kind of situation. Continue on, brother. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John the Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and then which sat with him at meat. He commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. Man, I tell you, it, it, the the word of God don't cut no corners, and it sure it sure puts that de- deceiving, conniving, um, and I'm not talking to all women, but it just, it's always a woman taking somebody. It's men, and it's always the man having that that fault in him too as well. So I'm not putting the blame solely on the woman, but it's a woman that always cooks up the the jive she's trying to to put out. Always the plot. It's Delilah, see, or it's Solomon's wives turning away his heart to idols, or it's Bathsheba going out, getting naked out, you know, when in David's fault too. Like I said, I'm not taking away the blame. It's the man's supposed to have more control and turn away, but just think about over and over and over again the very thing that that God gave us to cherish and love the female is the ones that are a lot of men's weakest links. And that's proven true throughout history, and it will continue to prove true. So keep that in mind, man. If you ever get to work, and I can say amen and owe me to this fact. I know it's a fact. If you ever get to doing something for the Lord and start making an effect and, and chipping away into the kingdom of the, of the evil one, He'll know right where to get you. He knows you better than anybody other than the Lord. Knows you better than your own self. You you can say you can think you're all spiritual and you're prayed up and under the blood and all this, all that, and then he knows you so well. He knows where your chinks are in your armor. You have to stay on your knees, both literally and metaphorically. In prayer, you have to keep that blood pled, pleading the blood all the time. It's a never-ending process, folks. 
You have to keep that armor on. You have to keep your sword sharp so you can slash back. When those temptations come, when that, when when it when you you say, well, I've looked for every new every avenue out. You need that verse, for there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So you need to be able to quote that scripture out loud and to yourself. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's not just words on a paper, folks, like I say at nauseam. And even then, even then, knowing those verses, even then quoting those verses, even then praying, you're still at a crossroads in whichever direction you place that next step. depends on you. The Lord gives you the armor, gives you the weaponry, but you have to be the one to pull the trigger and to put that stuff into application like you're supposed to. If a man will purge himself of these things, he's a vessel unto honor. Second Timothy chapter 2. Free will. To fly through this life and think that everything you do is just strictly from the Lord and ordered by the Lord, you do not know the Word of God. You do not understand the Word of God. To pull out one verse and just, because the Bible says, oh, the footsteps of a man are ordered by the Lord. Go back and read it again. Go back and read it again. Yeah, they're ordered by the Lord. They're ordered by the Lord till you get to that crossroads in these crossroads that pop up in our life. And then the decision becomes to you. It, it, it lays on you. What love? What, what what kind of love would you call it that was forced upon you? That's like buying somebody downtown and forcing them to, to be buying a woman off the streets and force saying you're going to force her to love you. Well, say you did force her to say the words you like to hear and do the things you like to do. Deep down in your heart, you know you you're the one that instigated this. It wasn't done by free will. Eventually, you would come to the point where it would mean nothing to you because you knew in your heart that it didn't come from the other person's heart. Same way with the Lord, folks. He doesn't force you. He doesn't He doesn't force you into an irrevocable um, something or another or an unchangeable thing. He gives you that free will, gives you the ability to be able to take care of things here to where you can you can be in the in the category of ten cities, or you can be in the category of over nations. You can be in that category, but that's up to you. That part wasn't settled before the foundation of the world. You might say, "Oh, well, the Lord knows everything you're going to do before you do it." Yep, yep, He knows the different roads you can take. Folks, this, is, this fact is evident throughout the scriptures from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. And these hyper-Calvinists that just take that their systematic theology, which they only take verses that apply to what they're trying to teach and, and, and won't deal with the other verses and say, well, whatever is to be shall be. 
The dog won't hunt, folks. There would be even no room for a judgment. How could God be a just God if free will didn't take place? How could the judgment seat of Christ be just and righteous if there wasn't free will involved? How in the world could there be a degree, degree of punishment in hell at the white throne judgment, the lowest hell, that tells you that there's more than the lowest hell. There's upper degrees of punishment, just as there's different degrees of reward. So don't you fall in. See, by, by claiming that, yeah, what is to be shall be, you take away your responsibility from making the right choices in life. You put everything on God and take away all, take away the the human responsibility as His son. You do injustice to God is what you do. You blame God for your problems when He plainly gives you way out. He gives you the way out. There would, like I said, I'll say it one more time: the judgments were there would be no reason for them. Everybody could turn around and point a finger at God. Say, it's your fault. Don't give me none of this. Footsteps of man ordered by the Lord. And then just go and live your life the way you want to do it. You're turn- Actually, what you're doing, every mistake you ever made, every sin you ever committed, every wicked thought you ever thought, everything you've done that was anti-biblical and against this book, you're blaming on God. Now, that's the third grade version of free will and the truth of it. If you can't understand what the things I just said, you'll never get it. Your eyes are blinded, and you refuse to acknowledge the truth. Was that clear enough, guys? Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Next verse. Okay, verse 12. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. He was, moved, was he was moved with compassion. The Lord's full of love, just as well as he's full of anger at the bad stuff. He's a real person, folks, but he's real God as well. All the attributes of a man with the attributes of God as well. He showed compassion over these folks and healed them. Continue, brother. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass 
and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. Yeah, it just and goes they, to show you the Lord will take your little and turn it into much. Amen. Always taking your little and turn it into much if you'll only do what's right on your end. And one of the most amazing things about this, looking forward to the rest of the of the rest of this book of Matthew, is the very all these people. Ninety nine percent of all these people that saw these miracles, that saw him do these things, that saw his love and compassion, wound up saying, crucify him, crucify him. That's just the way of the world, folks. No matter how good you try to treat a snake, you can treat a snake any way you want to. You can take a rattlesnake and make sure he's got plenty of mice to eat and keep him in the correct temperature when it's hot and the correct temperature when it's cold and give him a nice little place to stay and everything. And when you put your hand in there, he'll take you, he'll bite you and poison you in a millisecond, no matter how good you treat him. That's just a snake I'm talking about. And I've seen it happen that way with people. No matter how good you are to them, no matter what you do, if put in a pinch where they have to choose between themselves and you, the majority of them will choose themselves. I said the majority. The real Christian, the one the Holy Spirit really dwells in, don't make that choice for themselves. They put their brother or sister ahead of their own needs and they're staying ahead of their self. That's the reason when the Lord says, if a man asks you to walk a mile with him, no, you don't walk a mile, you walk too. Always going to be of and beyond that which is expected of you. These are the things that the Lord expects you to do, which helps the cause of Christ and also helps your cause as well by teaching you true charity which helps you out in the long the more you learn to say no to self and yes to others the more you learn to do that the easier it becomes but there's always the first step involved out there and I know I'm talking to some people right now whether downloaders are in the chat that still don't know what it's like to say no to self Maybe it's just friendship. Maybe you think that uh, you got no, you don't have any friends. You, folks, to be to have friends, the Bible says in Proverbs, you must first show yourself friendly. Okay, so don't give, don't get on no guilt trip, no self-imposed guilt trip. I ain't got no friends. Have you shown yourself friendly? Have you con- conversed with your brothers and sisters? Do you talk to them? Or do you live in your own little shell and, and, and run around thinking, woe is me? Folks, the Bible's got the answer. Always got the answer. So you need to think about those things. 
if that's your problem. Putting yourself last. Yet that is so contrary to this world. The world's version of that is, oh, give to the hasting children. Oh, the, the world's version of that is give to the Red Cross. And, you know, and, and then turn right around and take it off on your taxes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take it off on your taxes where you can get a tax deductible. Say, you know, you still ain't done it, see? Sacrificial giving of oneself, time, and money is all Christianity 101. And, folks, if you are not in that category, you're not Christian. In the purest sense of the word, you am not. As the old black rebel says, you am not what you profess to be. Next verse. Uh, Verse 21. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Okay. So here we go. You got this supernatural storm. How do I know it's supernatural? Because these are fishermen, okay? These fishermen stay out in the ocean all the time. And they know what bad weather is. And they have they have taken on storms many times. This is a special storm. This is a special storm. Would you have stopped to think about this? They're fishermen, see? They, they deal with storms all the time, but this got them scared to death. And here Jesus comes walking across the water on this sucker, man. And Peter, Lord, is that you? Yeah, it's me, Pete. Ah, you mean you ain't no ghost? No, Pete, it's me. Come on out here and try it a little bit. Well, you say so, Lord. Yeah, I believe, Lord. Here I come. Without thinking, without doubting, Peter hops out and boop on top of the water. Here he is walking on the water. Just think you and I'll be able to walk on water if, if need be. We have to one of these days. Just another attribute of the Lord that we're going to have. But we'll also have his compassion, like we read above about 
above here in the chapter. We'll also have the true charity, the true ability at that point. We'll be like him. We'll be able to deal out the administrative works of the kingdom of heaven. We'll be able to do all that with injustice, true justice, do it the right way. Hand out everything, deal out everything the way it should be done. We'll have the mind of Christ. Dwell on these wonderful things. Dwell on where it's going to be. Not what it could have been in the past. Don't let the past reach up and kick you in the butt. And the past has got a good habit of being able to do that to all of us. Creak up and say, well, what if you did it? What about this? And what about that? What if? What if? What if? Don't mess with the what ifs. Think about the way it's going to be. That'll put joy in your heart. Give you a reason to take that next step forward. Forgetting those things which are behind, but reaching forth to the things which are before. Press press forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as Paul did. Now here Peter is, jumping out. Yep, Lord, here come. Oh, Peter, doing first and then asking questions later. That's Peter. Letting his alligator mouth overload his hummingbird butt. Always. Until later on in his life, right before he dies, he finally gets the, gets the message. So you got this storm kicking up, weird kind of storm, man. It's got him scared to death. And then you got the Lord strolling across the water, and here's Peter standing on the water. Go ahead, brother. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Okay, what do we see here? What do we see here? Peter's got faith, and he's just keeping his eyes on the Lord. He's got his eyes pinned straight on the Lord, and he's coming out, and as long as he does that, he's walking on the water. But when he starts to look at all the problems around him, all the waves, 20 foot high up to his right and looking like looking down in a cave to his left as them waves rolling, roaring in. He sees all the problems connected with the the very act of him, what he's doing, keeping his eyes on Jesus. When he takes his eyes off the Lord, he begins to sink. You understand the metaphor here? When you take your eyes off the Lord, you'll start sinking every single time. Because when you see the problems, you you start thinking, how can I, with my own human element, how can I do something about this, see? And then it's by your own hand that you're going to do something instead by the power of God. And therefore, you will sink. Guaranteed, 100%. No exceptions to this route. No exceptions to this rule. So what comes out of Peter's mouth, it's a good thing he said this, Lord, save me. It's just like a man dead in trespasses and sin. Once he realizes, he looks around to see the boisterous waves of his life. 
He sees that he's drowning with water up to his nose and sin. He sees all the wickedness of his life, and he realizes the condition he's in. Realizes that he's fixing to sink, and the water's up to his nose, and only thing below is the lake of fire or hellfire, one of the two. There's two words that he says that'll get him out of this mess. And it's, Lord, save me. Jesus, save me. And the Lord don't hesitate. Because verse 31 says, and immediately. He didn't, Peter didn't have to pray through. He didn't have to spend the next 20 or 30 minutes, you know, beating the waves around him. And saying, I'm in my right now. If I could, don't confess now. Blah, 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 blah. No, Lord, save me. Immediately the Lord reaches out and saves him. just like the Lord will save anybody under the sound of my voice that realizes that they're in a sea, an ocean of sin, and there's nothing that they can do to save themselves. And there's only one hope, and that's Jesus saved me. Amen. You get to that point? You're at the right point. You're right. You're then you're right where the Lord wants you. Then there's, do I call on the Lord or not? Jesus saved me. That's how simple it is. No drawn out regulations. No drawn out diagrams. First you do the, I know, Lord save me. Because he knows your heart. And he ain't never turned one down yet. Him that cometh unto me, he said, I will in no wise cast out. I'm the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Not behold, I knock, I, I stand at the door and knock, and I'm faking you off, I'm going to run around the corner of the house and hide. You're going to open it, nobody's going to be there. No, no. On the sea of life, you run into storms as well as you as well as you run across peaceful seas. It's just like the trek across dry land. You run into plains, grassy plains, and you run into mountaintops and crevices. It's all part of our life, folks. It all has meaning, and there's a reason for every bit of it. But till you get to the point, first, first you got to start off with Jesus saved me. And then comes everything else. Next verse, Dave. Yes, uh, verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Doubt. And when the- Paul says... In Romans 14, he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever not of faith is sin. We know what the context is. We've, we've been over it numerous times. We went over it not too long ago. Happy is the man that condemneth not himself in the things which he alloweth. But doubt, he that doubteth is damned if he eat. There, faith is just the opposite of doubt, folks. 
Later on, the Lord's going to have a little child, and he's going to say, your faith needs to be like a child. Well, what's he referring to? Just like in programs past, I was just like a child standing on the edge of a chair. And you, you, you got y'all got a two or three year old kid, four year old kid. They sit on and get them, put them up on the table, and walk up there and say jump. They don't hesitate. Boom! Out in your arms. You know why? Because they have faith that daddy's gonna catch them. And accept your faith to be like a child. You can, you can in no wise enter the kingdom of God. Folks, that's the kind of faith. There ain't nothing pragmatic to it. Ain't no common sense to it. It's about him and the book. Obedience to him and the book. Remember when you was real, real young and everything you thought was possible? Until the grown-ups come around and started putting doubt in your mind, telling you things wasn't possible, that all this other stuff was involved and took away that childlike faith? God have mercy on all of us to keep that childlike faith in everything that we do. For without that faith, it's impossible to please the Father. Continue, brother. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Well, they've got it now. Yeah, glory, hallelujah, glory to God. He's the Son of God. Yep, we worship him now. We'll see how long this lasts. They're on the mountaintop. Glory to God, hallelujah. We'll see how long it lasts. See how long their journey goes before they run into one of them waves or one of them mountaintops or one of them crevices and trenches, landmines in this pathway. Verse 34. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased, and besought him that they might, on, might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. End of chapter. When the Lord does something, folks, he don't do it half donkey, okay? They were made perfectly whole. There wasn't none of this, <laughs> And then they fall down on their back and two people catch them before they hit the ground. And then, oh, yes, I'm healed. And then two or three weeks later, they're back. Oh, my back's hurting. No, when the Lord heals, he heals. Perfectly healed. Period. No having to follow up surgery for this or follow up for that. Nope, nope. The great physician does it, it gets done permanently and the right way, the perfect way. Chapter 14, Brother Chad, or chapter 15, whichever chapter we're in now. Yeah, 15. 15. This is the verse I was chatting with you earlier about, Matthew 15. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, 
Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother. And he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Now they got, they done, these, these Edomite Jews done cooked up something in the law where they can get around this certain thing. It's got something to do with taking care of your mother and father in old age. In another place it's called Corban. Brother Dave, we went through this when we were in Matthew before. Do you remember any of the, more de- any of the other details about this thing? Brother Dave. Yes, the Corban means given to God. So what they were trying to do here was uh, say, you know, when their parents who were aged were in need and uh, they had the ability to meet that need with money or such. Oh, oh, we can't give that to them. Uh, it, it's a gift. It's given to God. We, It's given to God. It's dedicated to him. We can't give that to them. Right. So they were coveting. And then you can tie this in a lot with um, nursing homes. You can bring up today's nursing no nursing home system. This it always this always causes wrinkles among the folks out there. Some folks, especially the younger generation, because all they've known is well, when somebody gets to a certain age, you cart them off to this little place called the nursing home or quote-unquote senior care center and dump them off there and don't have to worry with them. Well, visit them on Easter and Christmas and, you know, maybe on Sunday after church. You know, hey, Dad, hey, Mom, how you doing? Folks, this is about the most, this is, this is my one of my pet peeves. All right. This is something that I just get irate. I can't walk into a nursing home without just melting. Because the ones I've been in and the ones I've been associated with, I know the people that's parents are in the nursing homes. And they're like, they're, they're getting by like a fat cat. They don't want their style of life cramped. They don't want their their time, to, their vacation time to be taken up worrying about taking a bedpan and emptying it or taking care of somebody's medicine that face death bringing them into this world. Folks, it is such so ungodly. I think, in my opinion, I think the Lord is going at the judgment seat of Christ. I think there's going to be, and, and especially at the white throne judgment, I think there's going to be more pain and sorrow dealt out for this one thing right here than I do for the ones that slipped up and committed fornication or something like that. You say, why? Why do you think that? Simple. The very ones that sweated 
to bring you up in this life, to teach you right from wrong, the mama that rubs your head when you had a fever and took away your pain by just her kiss and her hug, or your dad that gave you advice and kept you on the straight and narrow, well, even if they didn't, they're responsible for you breathing. And you want to cart them out. Oh, well, i got to work. It would, would Rearrange your work. Get a new job. Show the same love and respect that they had for you to them. I hate nursing homes. I despise them. I see no reason for them except entirely extreme conditions. And then the communities it fault for not taking care of its own. You said, bro, to Brother Don, times have changed. Yeah, how do you like your times, Jack? Maybe if you'd have took care of your parents, the Lord wouldn't allow the sea of infidels in on your head. Maybe if you'd have spent time in the book instead of time worshiping the government and bowing down and being afraid you might go to jail and you'd have spent time in the book and stood for what was right, maybe you wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had this condition. See? Maybe you would have understood if you'd have spent time in the book that that's the next thing you ought to think about is your parents. I hey, this is my pet people. I hate it because I experienced it with my own dad. How my baby sister and brother threw him in a nursing home just to, just just so they could get his land and get his money, and I fought it tooth and toenail. I made more flights back and forth from Fairbanks, Alaska to Birmingham, Alabama. You shake a stick at trying to fight it. I got no use for nobody that throws their parents away. Get the hell out of my sight. I don't want to hear your excuses. I don't want to hear about your work. I don't want to hear about your kids. The more you open your mouth, the more you condemn yourself making excuses. That's all it is, is an excuse. They made a way for you. Wonder if they'd have just said, well, <laughs> that is crimping my style. Let me throw this kid over here in the juvenile home. Hey, I realize that it's so bad that this kind of stuff happens, folks, about the kids, parents throwing the kids away. It's because everything is confusion, folks. But I think a lot of it started with this. One of the most honorable things you can do, one of the most seemingly natural things, is to take care of your own. And when you don't do that, you're no worse than an animal. You're no better, excuse me, no better than an animal.
I, I talked to people in the world, Dad, Mom, they're in a American nursing home now. But they wanted to go. You know what? I'm talking to somebody right now that parents probably said, yeah, they did want to go. But you know why they said it out of their mouth they wanted to go? Because they didn't want to go through the pain and the heartbreak of knowing that you didn't have the love for them that you should to take care of. They didn't want to put that on you. They even they even submitted to what they didn't want to do because they loved you. So if I'm if there's anybody out there that's in that's in this position that's done this, you don't want to talk to me and let me find out about it. Say, it ain't none of your business. Just try me. I dare you. I'll take every excuse you put out of your mouth, and I'll rip it to pieces with this book. It won't be me that's ripping you. It'll be the Lord himself. Well, about college education for the kids if I had to spend money taking care of that. You see what I mean? You've got no ground to stand on, no solid ground at all. Everything is shifting sand like quicksand. You will sink in your own excuses. There is no justification. None. Somebody may say, may see the error of their ways now and feel sorry for it and feel bad about it. That's good. Repent. Put it under the blood and try to help somebody else out. See? Where they don't make the same mistake that you did. Or else you'll fall right back into the old pattern of only caring about yourself again. And it's good we don't run across passages that lean talking about this subject very often. Or that's all we'd be talking about, folks. Like I said, this is one of my pet peeves. This is something that I absolutely am opinionated about. Um, it does work the other way, though, too. Like, for example, my dad, he worked really hard. Uh, made a lot of money, had a lot of insurances Brother, and all that you're stuff. You're fixing to dig a ditch. I'm telling. I'm warning you before you go any I'm further. I'm just telling you what happened. Say what you want. Give me the verse. I'm a man, and this is what happened. I asked my dad very hardly before I sold my house, mm-hmm. before he entered the nursing home. I said to him, I want to sell this house and buy a bigger house so that you can come and live with us. And he absolutely refused to do that. Absolutely. I understand. And I think I know why. I'm not sure, but I think I know why. Like, he had all this built up. He was looking forward to it. He is a proud guy. He wanted to enjoy things his own way, you know, like 
this is my life. I made it. I'm doing it my way. Hey, when you've done all you can do, Dave, there's nothing else you can do, brother. I'm not coming down on you about that. Not at all. Don't get no, me wrong. No, I'm just saying, give me the verses if you if if there's when, something that you think. Oh, that's not about wrong. not about not about your. You've done told me about this before. Remember we talked about it before. Yes. And I don't. No. I, so what I'm saying it works two ways, like because my dad, also his dad. I'm not sure of this the same situation. He that happened to his dad. His dad went into um, a nursing home. Yeah. So there's like I think in our culture nowadays that it works both ways. That even our parents have lost the ability to I don't know if it's humility or the ability to reach out or sure. to want to submit themselves to their own. Son, so to speak, not that they're directly going to have to do everything you tell them to do, but you know what I mean? They're kind of like under your authority then. Sure, I understand, I understand and I agree with you 100% on that. I just didn't want that very thing to come out because people will gravitate and use that for oh. excuse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's yeah, the reason could. I tried to absolutely. cut you off, brother. That's the only reason, no. okay? That's the only reason because I don't, okay. mean you've done talked about this before, okay? Yeah. yeah you can yeah. only do what you can do. And the, and the yeah. culture has affected both sides, like you said. It's a two-way street now. Yeah. So, yes, and, I you know, like my wife's culture, it's totally different. Yeah. For example, right. they don't even have nursing homes over right. there. Right, right. <laughs> Everyone looks after their old people all the time. Amen. They sure do. And that's what, you know, we talked about it. She was all for it. And, you know, we were looking forward to doing this. Yeah, you can't. I thought them. it's going to be neat, you know. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink, brother. I understand yeah. completely. But that's the reason I was trying to cut you off. Because I, I know people that gravitate to this and use it for an excuse, okay? I've checked it yeah. out many times. Well, they wanted so-and-so. And when I went and talked to the dad or mom in the nursing home, it come to find out it wasn't the way it was. See what I'm saying? Oh, uh, okay. That's right. the reason. I'm speaking from experience, brother, okay? But it's been, you know, like about six years now. I wonder if I approached him again, whether he would change his mind. No telling. Yeah, maybe I should do that. I was just thinking about that. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't hurt, you wouldn't know, hurt at all, brother. Wouldn't because hurt Because six years of being in there, yeah, we get <laughs> lots of visitors, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, after a while, it gets a little lonely. Yes, by no means am I coming down on you, brother, about that. Like I said, we've talked about this before. You explained that whole yeah. situation. Yeah. I think you already, you already knew where I stood about this nursing home stuff. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned it to you before, but folks, I'm serious about this. I mean, this is one of my pet peeves. It is. And what Dave's talking about is one of those things, hey, you can't make anybody do anything, but keep giving them the opportunity, and that way the, the, there won't be no heavy, heavy hangs over your head. You understand what I'm saying, Brother Dave? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I just thought of that too, yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Next verse. Yes, ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, the Lord, they back to the heart, ye hypocrites. And that's what they were. And that's what they are today. That's what these people are today. Folks, when I'm, I'm speaking in generality. I'm speaking about... When I when I bring this category up, I'm talking about the world in general, the Western world especially. Like Brother Dave just brought up, 
in his in her in her culture, in Sister Kennedy's culture, they're still doing what's right. Amen, Brother Dave. Yes, yes they're they still are. doing what's right. But here we are so we are allowed to see and fat, happy, and increase with goods and have no need of nothing, and we won't take care of the very ones that brought us into the world. And even and the ones that are out, the ones that do come up with what Brother Dave said, they're so worldly themselves. They've done they've done bought into the poison themselves. Think of the wisdom you could hear, you could learn. In an every in everyday face to face conversation with the ones that's lived twice as long as you have. See, this younger generation today, they think they know more than their their parents do. But then again, like Brother Dave said, and like it's true, it's a fact. This is the culture we live in today. It's all a bunch of crap. Things have been set up for like. For, to do this stuff. This just didn't happen by chance, folks. It did not happen by chance. Natural affection have gone by the wayside for the most part. And if you've got it in your family, you better thank God for it with tears and trembling that it, you've still got this natural affection. But anyway, next verse, and we'll go ahead and shut her down for tonight. Matthew 15 and 9. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Amen, amen, amen. I, that, that's, that's an excellent verse. But they in vain do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And you can find, you can just close your eyes and point in any direction, and you'll come up with that. That's everywhere. If you don't stick to the book, it's no more than a commandment of man. You can extrapolate it into all kind of things. Any questions in the chat room? And Brother Dave, thanks for um, bringing that up in one way, okay? <laughs> thanks oh, for okay. Yeah, maybe a little strongly, but sorry about that. But that's, I, You don't have to apologize to me, brother. You know where I stand yeah. on it, okay? Yeah, it's just that I, I see these people, it works Mainly, mainly what the the point you were hitting—that's exactly the one. But in some cases, these are apparent. They've been brainwashed into thinking this, you know. That, especially, you know, you get those hundred uh, percent white males, hard farm workers. Mm-hmm. You know the attitude, the cowboy attitude. I'm gonna do it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. The brainwashing. They're going to be beholden to nobody. That's right, brother. The brainwashing takes when the brainwashing meant to do everybody, not just a certain bunch. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it it affects every every one of us. Sure does. Brother Chad, but I had a good friend of mine who did that, looked after his father, and uh, I always, when I went over, I thought it was really neat. I thought it was nice. He's a great old guy. Mm-hmm. Amen. I saw some, back in the 70s, I think it was, I saw some statistics about how much easier and and the passing was for the for the aged to, to pass away and when they were in direct company of their loved ones instead of um, yes. being pushed off in some corner somewhere, and it was remarkable. Yes. 
at the dinner. And it's good for the children, too. Yes, it like, works both ways, yes. My wife has this story that she holds very dear to her heart when her grandfather died. Mm-hmm. And all of the family and, and some of the relatives were there, and they were all praying and singing hymns. Uh-huh. And he yeah. sat up in bed, and he pointed up toward the ceiling, and a great big smile came on his face, and his face was sh- And then he just laid down, and his spirit left. Right. Amen. 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 I know my own personal experience, um, my my older sister and I were so adamant against this. My baby sister and my brother moved in when they saw things starting to go. Me and my sister, my older sister, we were away. I was in Fairbanks, Alaska, pastoring church up there. My sister was uh, working for the big company out of Arkansas. What's the name of it that, that um, controls oh, all the postal industry? Cargill or something like oh. that. But um, and we had no idea what was going on until it had done been signed into law, and the lawyers were brought in, and there was nothing we could do about it, man. And it, and I never will forget it. And I, and I, it's like I said, it's one of my pet peeves. Anyway, there are no questions in the chat. I don't have any here. Okay, if that be the case, then brother Dave, if you would dismiss us in a word of prayer, brother. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight again, and we thank you for your words tonight. We thank you for the admonishments to take care of our own properly. Yes, Father. The way the people used to always do, and even people who aren't saved, they all did that. They looked after their own. Yes. And everyone learned from that living together with people who are a lot older, a lot wiser, and have seen things, or in some cases maybe they're cantankerous, but we all learn patience, we learn love, we learn many things from dealing with each other. Yes, Father. And I've often thought of what it would have been like if my dad would have lived with me and the questions I wanted to ask him about, and when you're close together every day, you know, it's not like awkward to ask and the things you could learn and lord i pray that people who are coming close to making a decision like this that they would prayerfully consider what pastor don said what the word of god says about taking care of our own and seeing the great benefits in it and probably the day's going to come soon when it's going to have to be done by necessity anyways because all these medical companies and insurance companies are going to be going bankrupt, most of them anyway, and people won't be able to afford the insurances and so forth, and maybe that's your hand allowing it to happen so people can gain rewards for the other side by looking after their own property according to the word. And, Lord, I pray that we also don't see things as being permanent, like an answer or a, a, an answer to a question today that was no may be yes later. And maybe that's the same with you as well, Lord. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not for this time, but it's for later. And, Lord, I pray that all those things that people have been asking you about and they got to know that 
let them ask you about timing, whether there's a time for a change, a time for a transition, that it's not for now, but in the future when things change and you people transition into a new way of thinking and a new growth period and a new understanding that they'd be able to take on those challenges or those handle those things that they can't handle now. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would never get to the place where we think that we know it. Yeah. That we we've you know, there's only one who's infallible. Yes, Lord. And it's not the Pope. And but yes. there's a lot of people that think because they've studied a subject so much that it's infallible that they're new little popes in that area and Lord we pray that each and every one of us would always Remember that there's something new that we can learn. from, And if we are too proud, the Lord is likely to bring along the least likely candidate to yes. be able to teach a real fool of a person, and that person is going to teach us something probably the hard way. Yes, Father. I pray that we could be spared those chastenings, if possible, that we could learn from the Spirit of God through the Word and through him dealing with us, but we thank you that you will insist upon us changing either the easy way or the hard way. Yes, Lord. And I pray for all the needs of all the saints tonight that are here, Lord, for Peter and and Brian and everyone that's here, Lord, Papa Cat and Chad and Kevin and Don and all the guests, five, six, and seven. I pray, Lord, that their needs, we all have needs. There's needs for healing. There's needs for medical care. There's needs for finances. There's needs for wisdom. And there's needs that we have that we're not aware of. Uh, like sometimes we need wisdom and we don't even know it. We think we've got it. Yes, we've God. got it. a done deal. But it's only foolish because we think it's done and it's not. It's done the wrong way. So I pray, Lord, that we would have wisdom from God to see through the errors in our life and to be able to correct them. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. 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 Folks, listen. This is the second grade, six-year-old answer to a lot of these problems. Okay, especially what I was talking about and me and Brother Dave was discussing. And it's simple. There's two things you don't worry about when it comes to your actions. I want you to listen to me. It's so simple that it's just ridiculous. There's two things that you don't worry about. What you can do something about and what you can't. That's, that's so simple that a fool can get it. Those are the two things you never should spend one second worrying about. About your actions. What you can do something about and what you can't. Because if you can do something about it, bless God, you do it. And if you can't do anything about it, go fishing. It's that simple. It's just that simple. Sounds too simple, but it's not. 
Brother Day? Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone 334-397-2333. Again, that's 334-397-2333. The email address is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. That's respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you can go to PayPal and when you have an account there you can enter in Pastor Don's email because that's his account at PayPal and that's respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you can make your offering there to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the ministry of Don Spears you can also send your cards your letters your offerings to Pastor Don's mailing address, his home address at 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017. That's zip code 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being there, folks, in the chat, and I appreciate the ones that download as well. God bless each and every one of you, and Lord willing and health permitting, we will be back Friday night, and we will pick up in Genesis where we left off the other night. Good job, guys. We will, Lord willing, we will be back Friday night. Brother Dave, whenever you get a chance, brother, give me a call, and be looking for me to call yeah. you and leave that, and leave it, let it ring one time, okay? Yeah. That way you'll know okay. to call me back. Anyway, right. Brother Chad, I'll talk to you later, brother, okay? All right, my man. Love you guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. The Savior has come in his mind, he's proud and spoken, he's to my soul. And all of my life on that very hour, I yielded to his control. I yielded to his control. Oh, oh, and he's wonderful, and he's marvelous, and wonderful.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.